The following is a Talking in Stations presentation of Pando's FC chat series. All right, all right, all right. Hey, hey. Uh, what's up, Eddie boy? The Fobble, everyone. Uh, some might notice there's a little bit of a difference in the design today, um, which is actually fake tease doing. We had the idea of like, why not put some basic info on the screen? Uh, for people to look at while we are doing the whole podcasting and then it also it kind of developed into these these cards which is kind of fun i think um just what i want to note though is none of these uh, stats are supposed to be any ratings um like it's not like someone who has large scale 10 is better than someone who is large scale 2 it's just how much time do people invest as you can tell maybe uh, everyone has like 15 points in each um, in each area and then they decide where they want to put those 15 points which means then you know everyone has the same amount of time so that's the idea behind it and uh, you know I think some some of these were actually surprising to me too yeah Seto is the best right, that's confirmed so Seto has 10 everywhere like 10 out of 10 in everything. It's 10 out of 10 self-praise, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, just to clear, just I wanted to clear that up because some people might just think like that there's like a rating going on. Like that would be that would be weird for anyone to rate other people like this. So um I hope that explains it. But yeah, today's guest is actually someone who uh, we've been fighting fairly recently uh a couple of times actually in syndicate we also fought a few times i believe so it has been going on for a while we've been fighting but in us time zone so i don't really have um maybe we had an, a, a fight like fc versus fc kinda but i can't remember one but i'm usually in a supportive role when we fight um because i support the us time zone guys sometimes um uh, Darius Caliente is the main FC for um, United Federation of Conifers. I'm not sure if that's an insult or so when people call you pine cones. I hear that every now and then. The pine cones. Totally not. Nope, we love it. All right, there you go. He's the pine cone guy. <laughs> um, when was it? A couple of days ago, maybe a week ago. I forgot. A couple of days ago, we had like a massive brawl with dreads and everything escalated. And um, also what you guys like to do is um, field ravens, which ravens got a special place in my heart. That's for sure. <laughs> so I liked it when I first saw those ravens. I'm like, oh, yeah, another you know, someone else picked it up. Said like, actually, they apply quite well to everything. If you, you know, hit them well and you know, play it right. And then also yeah, you guys say, yeah, they, they play really good, even on, even on Munins, I would say. I've not tested it on Munins necessarily, but it's not like the murder machine if it comes to Hex, uh, but they're certainly, uh, they're scary. Yeah, um, Munins disappear pretty quickly. Yeah, but the kill speed is not super high. Right? That's the thing. Like, you have to hold, you're not going to win the, the, the trading race. If you lose against Munins, Right? If your mutants have enough DPS to get through you, you're not gonna out damage them, like out trade them. I feel like 
Right? That's the that's the thing. You count on surviving. So what those ravens are are brick tanked, basically maximum tank with a fax. That's usually what you do. And then more you prefer defensive position, I would say, because that gives you a couple options with a forward and stuff like this, right? Yeah, we consider them to be basically solely a defense. I mean, we use them occasionally offensively, but they die very easily without a uh, structure. But since you, like, that's one of those things with those cards. Oh, and now I actually noticed I had a chat window. I might have to, you know, adjust it a little bit, but I'll do it for next time. Um, but since you marked it on the, on the thingy too, you uh, don't do theory crafting all that much. Uh, whose idea was it to focus on ravens? Like, if it wasn't yours, or was uh, it yours? So, originally it was mine. Uh, the ravens we initially fielded. So, basically, when we were back in Syndicate, we needed some sort of doctrine. We were getting to the point where we couldn't just kitchen sink stuff anymore. And uh, we did a, a variation on raven on the current raven we fly with. Uh, we had a, a large ancillary shield booster in the utility high. And uh, that was the doctrine we ran back when we killed uh, Brisk's Widow. Um, and so we started out there and uh, uh, went through quite a few iterations uh, to the current one. Uh, but we've got one guy in our alliance, Jack, who does most of our theory crafting. Um, and it improves anything that we throw out there, he just takes and improves upon. So he does most of the work there. And I mean, I like theory crafting, uh, but you know, I come up with let's let's call it two out of ten star fits, maybe three out of ten star fits, and then he takes them to like eight or nine out of ten stars. But um, if the so idea, but if the idea is the right one, you know, and yeah, if you I, you point them in the right direction, I, I mean, yeah. So it, Ravens, Cruise Ravens worked. I mean, basically, we were inspired by you guys. Um, we just didn't have the number of pilots to do massive bush fleets. Um, so we just did a few and then it was Jack who took it and made it the uh, awesome doctrine that it is that people are afraid of. So whenever you kill stuff with Ravens, it's almost like a win for us, right? So yeah, whenever sure, we fight not? you, like, it's basically we can't, we cannot lose. That's the way I would see it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, let's web ships into you guys. <laughs> Everyone wins. But sounds good. It's, you know what? The Bush Ravens were kind of, uh, it was kind of similar because um, I was looking like, what else can we do with the Bushes? And I was looking around and we needed a solid doctrine that can take on the super caps from, um, from NC. And um, it was actually Bliss saying like, hmm, Ravens have a long range and they've got solid DPS. And I, at the time, I wasn't aware of the DPS you can get out of them at, at 300 km. Uh, and then, yeah, he pointed me in the right direction and I picked it up and made the fit. And then, yeah, we kind of went from there. So it all started with Bliss, who uh, came up with the, with the Raven idea. Then me taking it and then you picking it up, saying like, hmm, Ravens work quite well. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And the alpha is underestimated, right? When we fought oh, NC, yeah, when we fought NC, we alphaed Macarius off the field and we were like, oh, shit, we can do some stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, we, uh, we very quickly learned that the, uh, the key to the Ravens is the countdown. Everyone's got to fire simultaneously and then ships just evaporate. 
the trick the trick part is though because of the travel time um even slight skill variations can spread that alpha out to a degree right oh definitely definitely so like the better the skills um uh, overall the higher the chance you've got a good like clean alpha yeah people and, laugh all the time at the number of people we have that have t2 crews and they're like why do you all have it yeah um but the the two approaches like bush ravens and um the the brick ravens or whatever you like what do you call them even we just call it raven fleet mm, all right that's very We're creative <laughs> But that's completely two different approaches, right? One is completely immobile, basically. You're sitting on a fax, just counting on that one guy, keeping your, or maybe two, keeping your guys alive. And then we did the bushing and we just counted on not getting hit, basically, right? Because our, our ravens were paper thin. They were just designed to, to, to take one bomb squad. So we can't just get bombed by one squad and then die, right? That was all the tank we had. <laughs> so it's quite yeah. different. And I gotta say, our, the one of the big reasons Ravens work so well for us is our triage pilots. Um, we've got like four guys that do, I'd say, 95% of our triage work. And we've taken our Ravens with other groups. Um, and it just hasn't worked as well when they provide triage because our, our four triage pilots are just absolutely phenomenal. Well, you need good triage pilots, but then also like Ravens are not the answer to everything. Especially if you, um, if it's not a defensive timer, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, offensive timers, they just, you know, without that structure, without the facts defended by an Astro House or a fourth, they just, it falls apart with a few drains. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, right? You have to pick your time, like pick your, your battles really. Um, yep. which isn't always easy, right? You don't always get to choose. And actually... Nope. So I was actually um, saying, like, oh, actually, I had it on my list saying um, United Conifers or United Federation of Conifers, and then you guys were Panfam aligned. But I have the feeling that might not be quite that true. Or you don't I, like it. I don't know. <laughs> you I, kind of are working with Panfam at times, but... Uh, yeah, so I mean, I would say that that is a common um, Imperium line to say. Um, but I mean, the reality is we, um, I mean, I guess it goes into the backstory of the Alliance, but I mean, we took Sov on a whim. Um, we never wanted to be Sov holders. Um, we, uh, we just kind of came out here. Uh, it actually was on a, a random room for one of my charity streams, and we, we took a system and kind of grew and we just became the people who were constantly harassing deadco and took a few titans off them a whole stack of supers off them and just constantly harassed deadco and all the content just kind of came to us um you know test came out here to hit deadco panfam came out here to hit them you guys came up to defend them and you know ustz in it uh, with blurkers at the helm had been poking us on and off and we've been having good fights but you know, as you guys were deployed out there, suddenly it went from, you know, 60 to 100 in it showing up to, you know, 150 in it and 200 man goon Ferox fleets and, you know, another 150 from Deadco. And, you know, we are a very small alliance. Like, you know, people kind of underestimate the size of us or overestimate the size of us, I should say. We're usually 20 guys on comms. That's that's really the size of us. 
and uh you know we can't fight 500 dudes coming at us and when people reach out and offer to help us we're going to take that help so that's that's kind of what happened and it just happens to be that it's always you guys hitting us so it's always pan fam offering to help and so a lot of people think we're pan fam aligned i mean i like the guys in pan fam i like a lot of their leadership a lot they're good dudes um but we're uh we're neutral to them for the most part yeah i do i do know how this like develops though right like i'm not trying to put you in a box or uh, trying to um push a narrative or any of that shit when i um i just thought you guys probably were like like i said i'm not the u.s time zone guy i'm not too involved and i'm not trying to get involved because um i'm not sure like how many other fcs do you guys have in alliance actually like uh so i'd say we have two main fcs and then a couple of guys who will take out like skirmish fleets or hack fleets if if neither of us are around but myself and count scary 90 percent of our fcing because so for a group like like we are way bigger than you guys are and then you stretch over uh different time zones like we do then it becomes a problem also uh giving enough room for other fcs like if i would now start fc in, in us time zone then our us time zone would just rely on me being there but i can't be there all the time obviously i'm not living in us time zone and then we would end up um you know having someone in usm or blurkers wouldn't have enough you know enough opportunities because i would be in the way so like basically i'm i'm making the effort to not be there almost and just fly a logi in his fleet and just shut up <laughs> so i do see the fleets you guys have like the fights and I have an embarrassing story about my dread and the survival of the dreads in that last brawl. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So right. like, let, let me explain what, what happened to my dread actually, because people probably wonder. So you guys, first of all, you guys whoop in, the fight kind of kicks off, we drop dreads and it's just the first couple of dreads. I'm not sure why people, why we dropped 15. I didn't question it. Like, five dreads would have been enough to, you know, get the fucking ball going. But, whatever. We drop 15 dreads, get the ball going, then you guys jump in everything, we jump everything, and then all the dreads shoot each other. The problem was, there was one sino only, and there was the backup sino for the second group, and that one just, I don't know what Bonga did. He got it killed somehow, right? And the next sino was just a, a jump away. But, basically, all the dreads were told to switch fleet and uh, jump into Asher's fleet who already dropped dreads so I'm doing that but I'm also repping and we didn't have a massive uh, nightmare fleet but we had a good logy wing and stuff but we had to work hard to keep those nightmares alive against that uh, there's basically three subcap fleets that were like really big so we were struggling and I'm going back and forth between dread and man and then I hit F1234, right? For my reps to save someone, but I'm still on my dread. So I sieged on the keepster. <laughs> so, and when I de-sieged, there was no sign available anymore. So, uh, anymore. so that's why my dread actually didn't die there. Kind there of embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, you could have been Brisk's uh, Phoenix there instead. That would have been slightly worse. Yeah, what's what's your guys' obsession with Brisk? Is he always primary or what? He's not. Uh, well, okay. Uh, yeah, he is usually. Um, 
uh, not intentionally, um, but we do like to shoot him uh, just because of the running gag. I mean, so that, like I said, the first uh, when we first started using Ravens, I think we were bashing an Evuni Athenor, and uh, all of a sudden a Loki lights in the middle of our Raven ball, and in come and it blops. Um, and we killed him then, and we were killing ourselves laughing that somebody had dropped blops on a Raven fleet. <laughs> at zero and so uh it just kind of was funny after that it had come up a couple of times every time <laughs> who was that logo. uh it was some guy from fweted at the time that had lit the sino um i don't know what they were thinking oh wait a second wait a second wait a second that's the dude no no, no that wasn't on purpose that was a that dude was actually switching or whatever right didn't he join you guys i don't know but i think no, he's still in fweted now we actually looked i think i saw what it left though yeah, because um, I saw on when Brisk was talking on stream yesterday there, he said that it was a spy character. So we were trying to find out what the story was because we still don't know. We just thought it was um, But yeah, yeah so that, we would just always try and shoot Brisk when we saw him. And then one day a Kiki fleet came into our staging and there was Brisk and a Draugr. So one of our guys immediately went for him and it was like, a, I don't know, two-bill Draugr and a two-bill pod or something like that. He likes to be um, a snowflake. Yeah, so it was just, it, it's just a, a fun little meme. I mean, we're, the only reason we play EVE is to have fun. I mean, we don't do it for, you know, the grind of it. We don't PvE, most of us, for the most part. Um, we do it soft we now. Just, yeah, we Get just Get rid of it while you fun. can. <laughs> well, I mean, we just took more, right? It was important to, to us to uh, to show up ahead of Init on the Dotland Alliances list. Um, so we went and took 31 systems and <laughs> is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. We were bored oh. and we were sitting there and there was nothing going on. We had no timers on a Saturday night and, uh, we grabbed a freighter, filled it full of TCUs and Jita and flew it from Jita down to Quirius and just dropped TCUs at every system and put Tristan's on in total just so that when we woke up this morning, we'd be above in it on the uh, list for this chat. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we are actually, we're not big fans of soft at all. Like we have, we have way too much soft. We would be happy to give it away, to be quite honest. I, I hate it. I mean, we lived in Syndicate. When we came up here, we originally deployed to, to Rory to NBC. Uh, I'm not a fan of holding soft, and I don't know how I ended up you know, with an alliance that holds 98 systems currently um but it is what it is and it's fun and like we took when uh deadco moved out we started dropping tcus in northern deck and it wasn't that we want that space it was just for the memes like we wanted j1au just to laugh that we had j1au now and uh, it just has kind of grown into this unwieldy nightmare 90 percent of cones are darius's and toes's also <laughs> uh it's so it's that's something that a lot of people confuse. Uh, so Count Scary and I obviously run a lot of characters. And yeah, a lot of people think either we're all Count or we're all me. And that we have a lot of Intos assaults. But yeah, but I think between Count and I, we're running like 30 or 40 members of Count. But the soft mechanic, it's almost designed to be a harassment kind of thing, right? Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Um, it's, it's also designed to let groups like us have soft. I mean, if we were still under the old soft system there's no way ufc would hold a system yeah it's basically basically it's more designed for smaller groups to hold soft than before but at the same time if you guys were serious about the soft and someone wanted to hurt you like us for example if we were really fucking butthurt about it and we wanted to crush you guys that soft 
would be so easy to hit, right? And you, it, you would lose your minds defending all that stuff, right? Oh, we would never do that. So we have we have yeah. dot land maps of sort of what's meme and what's serious. And I mean, what's serious is one constellation. And you know, people have tried before. I'm sure people will try again. Uh, we like to think we're pretty good at the soft thing. We've won soft fights against a lot of bigger groups than us. Um, and it's pretty level playing field, regardless of group size, because, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if you have 100, 150 men hack fleet burning around for a soft war. As long as we kill your toasters, we're good. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless the toasters are active faxes and you can't really kill them, right? No. Um, but you can, you know, you can sit and hold against them forever because of that five times penalty. I, uh, we tried once toasting a system in a fax just because we wanted to experience it, and we said never again. I, uh, I feel bad for anybody who spools up an entosis on a capital ship. Uh, yeah, usually what we would do. In a bad place. Yeah, usually what we would do is have a subcap and a cap. Then, right? So the cap starts, uh, the subcap starts pulling up together with the cap. And then at some point the cap just takes over when it's spooled and stuff. Yeah. And then you have a little bit like it's like a backup kind of system, right? Yep, and it's pretty effective. It's just so tedious then. Yeah, but would you agree? Like we have been talking about the soft stuff. Um, I've been talking about it with like several other people before. And what I always thought is there's way too many, um, way too many of the nodes right so they spawn and then they keep spawning and then you end up with like so many nodes even if you wanted to take a decisive fight you wouldn't even like you can't because you're so busy getting all those nodes under control like everyone just avoids the fight because you know it's just weird everyone just zooms around tries to only kill the uh these entosis but like would you like do you see another problem with the soft system or do you like it sounds like you kind of like it so oh um, yeah i'm uh i'm a fan of it um you know the first time i got to play with sov was when uh i brought my corp into an alliance in Quirius a number of years ago and uh i like the current system a lot um i'm, I'm a pretty big fan of it i my biggest complaint uh is when you get you know the first four nodes spawn and they all spawn in one system. um i i sometimes feel the distribution isn't the greatest i realize it's randomized but uh, i'd like to see a little more forced distribution of nodes um when they all stack up in one system that's when things start to get a little hectic and, should then uh, maybe I... go ahead so uh, i was just thinking maybe um the first set of nodes should be like one node in every system. It should be the start and then it's random, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I would like it if you couldn't have those first four nodes spawn in the same system, if they had to be spread out. Um, but other than that, I, I actually really like Fozisov. Um, we have a lot of fun with it. We, again, we're if we lose all our solve tomorrow, we don't care. We go back to NPC null and do exactly what we did before. And we've talked about that many times. And, you know, what happens if... You know, you guys, for example, come in and are just like, we're going to burn them out and take all this sov. Or the number of times that Dead Cove threatened to burn us out and take all our sov. Like, I, it was just every second week we were getting threats from various members of leadership of the different alliances that our sov was going to be gone. 
And we're like, oh, what do we do? And we're like, ah, yeah, who cares? We'll go back to Rory. We'll have fun. We'll continue to shit on people. We'll do the same thing we've always done. Yeah, from our perspective, usually, I mean, traditionally, I want to say um, if there's a mid-scale or like a mid-size or smaller-sized alliance, the only reason why we would go and like stomp them completely is when they keep harassing us. Like, but I mean, obviously, you do kind of stuff that you could count as harassment. But at the same time, it's up in fade and pure blind and even cloud ring. That's like, you know, that's basically space. That's just nobody else takes it. So, you know, we put some jump purchase there. Um, yep. But in general, right, if you would guy, if you guys would go into fountain and then try to like harass in fountain, that would be the, a reason for, for us to do that. But in general, I think um, and that's, I think that's the case for most alliances, though. Right? Like nobody should yeah. be really interested in crushing small alliances unless it's like just a pain in the ass all day, every day. And then you know you kind you kind of have to to do something about it. Otherwise, you burn your own dudes out. No, definitely. And I mean, that's like the last few weeks. It's been kind of nonstop for us. And there were some small groups trying to move into upper deck, and they were like, "Why are you picking on us?" And it's like, well. You guys just formed a 2,000-man alliance or coalition overnight uh, right next door to us, and we've got 500 people, so yeah, we, we don't want you setting up shop next to us. <laughs> but um, we also felt, you know, 2,000 dudes should have been able to fight back against us, and they, they didn't. They folded up shop and joined the Imperium. Well, so, yeah, I mean, GOTG, they had a long, ongoing thing, you know. They were burnt, burnt out at the end, I believe. I mean, yeah, they've oh, been I'm not fighting even, I'm this not entire time. I'm talking about the remnants of them that tried to re. Who was that? Uh, so Dead Heaven Syndicate, um, which has now joined Drakari's, um, most of their members have anyways. I mean, they tried to reform with groups like the Banana Republic, which had just brought in Cruiser's Crew, and um, XCOM, which is a no-value alt group, um, and then... Federation Respect, Honor, Passion, which hadn't moved from former Dead Co. Uh, and then a couple of groups, Ashfeld Corporation and somebody else that I can't remember, their ticker was Alt. They had all formed up a little coalition and were trying to take Northern Deck, but you know they had like 3,000, 4,000 members. And uh, we would go up with like seven Drex and two Guardians, and they'd complain that we were blobbing them. And I, I didn't know what to do at that point because they were just... It was amusing, but most of them now have come down to Imperium and joined like Drakaris and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it is like sometimes those numbers also inflated. Right? Someone who doesn't like we hear that all the time. For example, NC likes to push that narrative of like, oh yeah, you should outnumber us because we have in it IM and IA. And then if you put all those numbers on paper together, it's way more than NC might, might have in their lines. But there's a lot of alts in there. Like there's a different approach to the game. I would say we don't um, we don't clean up as often, maybe, or we don't uh, kick every alt. We don't care about the inflated numbers all that much. Right? On paper, our numbers should be way higher. But what actually counts at the end of the day, what actually counts is how many guys can you field at certain times in proper stuff. Right? Consistency, uh, consistency is like very important. I think. Yeah, and, and even, I was sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that was definitely their problem is that they they just couldn't consistently field numbers. They were trying to take saw, 
you know, they would throw, you know, I think they had 20, 30 dudes at one point, but they, they would throw kitchen sink caracals at you and it just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, that, that, kinda, that can have several reasons. Either their members don't have the skill points or their FC isn't experienced enough for them to risk, like, bigger assets, right? Even hacks. If you develop a hack fleet, that's expensive. And then uh, we have been struggling to engage you guys in US time zone, right? Why would they do better? at the same time you know um, yeah no it's uh, uh you know especially and that's why we didn't take ravens up there um for defensive even um i guess we have ravens around um we try to keep them for when we actually need to use them because we're you know like i said our guys don't like to pv um we are a small group um and you know our coffers go dry pretty fast when we uh we still haven't replaced the Dredza from the fight, you know, last week. We're uh, we're still looking for Isk to get those back. Um, so we uh, we try not to whelp as much as we can. Yeah, um, and then also Block is just subbed. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> he's he's our main FC fighting you guys, obviously. Um, we have a lot of fun fighting Blurkus. Yeah, it, it's weird when. When he fights or we fight uh, you guys, and then not every fight goes our way, obviously. I think you had more success uh, than we did so far. On average, I would say. I mean... You guys get the objective a lot more, because we just haven't figured out defending those Ansiblexes yet against you guys. Well, that Ansiblex was expensive the last one, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, well, that's yeah, we salvaged the field after the fight, and we're like, well, we replaced the Ansiblex at least. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, technically, I actually talked to Blur because I was, I don't, I don't want to say I was mad, but I was surprised. Like, he called a beta op. Right? That's, a, that's a serious strat op for us. I mean, there's CTAs, there's alphas, and then there's beta. So it's not like uh, super hardcore important, but it isn't a beta op. But then it's an Ansiplex. We don't give a single fuck about right? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, so we can't just call it a beta and say it's an important strat op when we actually don't care just to get the numbers or secure the reimbursement right because that's an srp you know that that's the difference strat ops you get srp for you guys so um, yeah. that was a little bit i'm like hmm blur because are you stretching the rules here and he's like hmm, whatever <laughs> and uh, you know at the end of the day who gives a shit like it was good fun right? and i think yeah everyone was just hungry for a, like a good brawl and i could tell especially blurkers he likes to play it aggressive he just goes for it and uh like yesterday right blurkers if you're still listening right <laughs> just jumps in uh into some some dudes who was it oh, yeah Hall just deployed jumps into them with like battleships tries to bump it i don't even know what was happening i was just doing the reinforcements but yeah. Oh yeah. Slightly outnumbered yeah. there, and then you know get caught with your pants off. But that's what happens. But everyone going back is like, eh, we lost some tech one battleships, and you know everyone was happy about it. And that's the number one goal in every fleet, I would say. It should be at least like there. There are different. I mean, obviously, if you lose your staging for this or something like, there's a different level of um, objective. But in general, that should be the goal, right? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that was a crazy weekend for us because we had four days of fighting because um, we had the the DW Tech T-Gate 
uh, first timer because um, Tom Flood, uh, one of the UNFCs, has been bringing Ferox fleets up, and so we had the the first timer there, and then we had the second timer there, and then the next night was the EC Pater Gate getting RF'd. So we we actually fought the shield timer, which we usually you know we're, we're like, do we form? Because it was the fort being hit, so we formed for the fort. And as soon as we came in, they pulled off to the Ansiblex and we're like, all right, let's fight it out anyways, even though we're ready for a more, you know, staged sort of fort fight. And then the next night with the Ansiblex timer, and I mean, the butcher's bill added up on all four of those fights. It was, I uh, I was saying to my guys, I think it was after the second round in DW, like, that's the first time that I've walked away from FCing a fight with the Shakes in a long time. It was... Because we had a, a Munin fleet on grid from Ranger Regiment. We had the Ferox fleet uh, from uh, Goons. Um, they dropped Dreads. Uh, it was, and you know, we had, I think we had 40 Ravens on field. Um, and there were 240 in system. And uh, it was absolutely crazy. It was the, one of the most fun fights I've had in the game. And then, I mean, DW just took that to a whole new level. But at least for me, uh, I mean, I was FCing the Raven Ball. Count Scary was FCing our Dreads, and um, there just wasn't, you know, the I was shooting stuff in the Ravens, but half the time everyone was fighting because you guys were fighting the the Hack Fleets as well. Half the time everyone was even outside of our Raven range, so we're like, all right, we'll just follow Dread Primaries for a bit. So that one was actually a little more relaxed for me, and I got to enjoy it a bit more. But uh, that was a crazy, hectic four days that was just a ton of fun. Yeah, I remember that that on um, uh, Five with the dreads and stuff. You guys brought in uh, who, who was it actually in Zelitz? I forgot. Uh, it was uh, Volta was in oh, yeah, Zelitz. Vol- yeah, uh, yeah. So Volta and a couple friends, and I like the Volta guys. I like working with them. I just did that today actually. Um, they're on point, really. They're quite fast and you know all around quite quite good guys. But they surprised us there. Like there was already two subcap fleets from your side, and then in your time zone, our numbers under the greatest. So those two subcap fleets were actually bigger than ours, and bigger than the other one that we brought from Goons. So, um, and then the third fleet, and I think the Zealots might have been the reason why our Dreads traded so poorly. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, our Dreads traded super shit. I uh, I heard a rumor that somebody on your comms was just yelling, or on Goon comms uh, was just yelling, uh, pick somebody close to your name and shoot them at one point because the dreads were in such disarray. And I really want to know if there was truth to that or not, and if so, if anyone recorded it. It wasn't on our comms, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, uh, in theory, if you look at it, in theory, I could see why someone would say it. And, you know, the middle ground, what I like to do, let's say you've got 100 dreads versus 100 dreads, it would make sense to just say, okay, these three guys are primary and then put a gun on each. Because you have overwhelming DPS and you lose DPS in between the cycles. If, you, if your gun cycles down and then you have to put them on the next target, that's DPS lost technically. And then also ADC, uh, not ADC, what's it called? EHE is in between and all that stuff, right? So you lose, effectively, you lose less DPS if you split your DPS. But that only works with, when you have like really like high DPS numbers, right? I think yeah. after like five minutes of that red ball, like a brawl, uh, you know, you have to focus, right? There's no other way. 
that battlefield was crazy and it was just so much fun i just like we we talked about it for days yeah you know what like we have been talking about it too and uh the thing is it's almost that factor it always escalates though right so first it's you and 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 the ravens then blurk is engages the ravens um and we try to make something happen there then it and then becomes a little bit of a dread brawl i think it was the day before right or was it yeah. two days before? so the the dread fight happens and i forgot what exactly i think we i think we lost a bunch of dreads and then killed a couple of few, like a few like i don't even know we lost 10 dreads or something and we killed seven or something yeah in, that, in that the order, first kinda, time right? there because we had pinged our blues and we forgot how many blues have uh you know some of the other groups lost in low second over in tribute um we forgot how many dreads we had in range and all of a sudden we're like oh we got 40 dreads if they drop a few that's okay and then like 10 or 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. came in that day and we're like oh, okay let's do this exactly i think we jumped in five or six I don't know what the numbers exactly were. Five or six to bait you out, and then you jumped in, and we're like, "Oh shit, there's way too many!" <laughs> so we couldn't jump in our fucking dreads. It was just too much. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. But then what I wanted to say is that it always escalates then to the next level, right? So next time, how do we approach this? I would always love to say, "Let's try, you know, another ship type or like a different kind of style of engagement." Uh, but at the same time, the go-to move seems always to be who could we bring in next, right? And then next, oh, yeah. we already had dreads there. And we knew that from Asher, that Asher has dreads there. And Asher was like, he's always up for a good fight. So obviously he gets invited. And then you know he's invited. Then you invite your guy. And it's like, it always spirals into this, you know, shit show. And most of the time, one of the sides wins that bad phone war. And then nothing happens. In this case, we got lucky and it did happen anyway, but yeah. Yeah, no, that was, it's it's so funny because, you know, we are, uh, um, we're a bit of a, a proxy alliance at this point and have been for a little bit where it's it's not even that we're a proxy for any one group. It's just that, you know, we get a fight and it's a good fight, like the, you know, the, the first time in the Ansiblex. And other people see it and they're like, oh, man, did that thing get our F? Is there another fight happening? Can we come? And, I, you know, it, so people just start reaching out and asking us constantly, uh, can we come to this timer? What's going on there? What happened? And I, I tell people all the time when we're sitting and talking, I'm like, we're kind of like the horrors of New Eden. If people ask us for help, we go help. If people ask if they can come, yeah. we tell them to come. We don't say no. Um, we just tell everybody to come have a good time with us. And uh, sometimes that ends up bringing, you know, a thousand people to the system or what, 700 or whatever we had there in DW or in EC Pater. Um, and it gets to be a little crazy. But like I said, we're just in it for the fun and to have a good laugh. And if we can walk away from a fleet laughing at the end of it, then, you know, mission accomplished, regardless of what we've lost. And that mindset of just, you know, trying anyway, that actually, um, you know, you guys gain respect also from all guys, right? And now I remember we actually did have one fight. I came back with a fairly sizable Kiki fleet, and we—I do not why—I do not know why—but we started refing one of your jump bridges, I believe. And then you jumped in with a fax and a couple of serps, and it was way too small of a fleet. And we just, you know, killed those serps quickly, and then the fax afterwards. But 
at the same time, everyone's like, holy shit, they give it a shot though, right? Because usually we tackle a super and then if they don't have like 150 people ready to go, they don't even engage us, right? And you guys are like, oh, they're refing our jump bridge. Those 10 Serbs and this fax, they, they have to get the job done, right? And you just jump in. And it was like, yeah. We take basically every fight we can. I mean, we do sometimes get yelled at for our use of caps. We, uh, we've been told we abuse capitals. Um, it's actually really funny. One of my favorite things is when members of the Imperium come to our space and we drop a dread on them and they tell us we're abusing capitals. <laughs> um, and I'm like, have you been to Delve recently? Uh, but we, uh, so we, yeah, we, we do like throwing around things with jump drives. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll take any fight. And I remember when you guys did that and the serves and the facts came in because I logged into comms a couple hours later. And the first thing that was said to me was don't look at the kill board. And I just started laughing. <laughs> I like when someone says that, uh, that's super rare when someone says it in, in all comms, but you know, something real shit happened then. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, we say it every day, like, don't look at the killboard. Or more recently, we've been saying, don't look at Dotland. Uh, we have some members who groan every time they get on comms, and they're like, you guys took more space. And we're like, yeah, we were bored. There was nothing else to do. It was sitting there. You know what? I hope there is maybe an, another, another alliance leader or maybe, you know, someone who wants to be uh, an alliance leader takes an example of this. Like, at the moment... I think smaller or mid-sized alliances are very underrated. Uh, a lot of people are not aware how much power you guys have because bigger alliances, you don't want to be busy all day defending your stuff. Like They will, after a while, give up on stuff, right? You, like if you keep going and you, you, you know, you're persistent, you can take all kinds of weird like soft or whatever and have fun with it or get oh, good yeah. fights. You have to pick the right spot, maybe, right? Don't come to Delve or Esoteria and, and expect to take soft there. But, you know, there's some regions where that's not in direct reach of, like, massive umbrellas and stuff like this. And uh, you know. It's funny that you say that because we were just discussing. Um, so we, we took the Quirious space. So we've got space in Deck, Pure Blind, Fade, and now Quirious. So we were just discussing it's the bookends. So now we just have to take Cloud Ring and Fountain and Delve, and we can wait a second. Quirious? Yeah, we took 31 systems in Quirious last night. <laughs> what are you doing in Quirious, though? Again, like... it was just sitting there unclaimed, and we had a freighter and we bought some TCUs. I said, all right, if people want to do this, toss, uh, toss money to my GDAL, and I'll buy <laughs> TCUs with however much money people uh... throw in. And instantly, we like in less than 10 seconds, people donated enough to buy 31 TCUs because. Our corp wallet can't afford that, but but our members can. So we we crowdsourced it. We bought them. We flew down to Quirius and we just deployed them all. So somebody's been flying around Quirius today, RFing every one of them because I mean, obviously we're we're not serious about it, but we'll go down there for the timers that are in our time zone and we'll shoot at stuff that's around. It'll be fun. But it was just something to do. So yeah, we also got uh, space in Quirius, and we just like have it left from like like worse times. You know what I mean? Because when we yeah. were originally in Syndicate, uh, that was like World War B times. And then we had to look at options. We had to get some income going and all that stuff. So we took that pocket and Quirious, which, you know, did its job. But it's, still, it's a leftover from uh, like past times. Yeah, we but, actually yeah. RF'd all the systems between what we took and your space. Just so that if we get bored and they have good timers, we'll go back and drop more TCUs. Just so we can say we have space next door. 
Please, please don't start enthusing our pocket. Uh, don't, don't give me that headache. I have no interest in that. Although we did okay. discuss, we're like, <laughs> we're like, man, if it keeps coming here and shooting us, if they burn us out, where are we going to go next? And we all decided as a group that we're just moving to NPC Fountain. What? That would be a good we're choice. Like, it, we're like, it'll be tons of fun, and we'll be right there to wave at, uh, at Brisk every single day. Well, yeah. I mean... Another option, like if if there's an alliance, I'm not sure. Like, what do you guys do for income anyway? Uh, I mean, so me personally, I just buy Plex. It's just easier. I don't have the uh, between you know, it's uh, between running the alliance and being our main FC. Um, I've tried ratting. I've got a couple of gilas that I'll put out in belts and, and sort of just AFK rat, uh, or not belts and, and green sites and AFK rat. But I I'll buy Plex when I need ISK. Um, we do have members that rat. We mine a lot. Um, you know, we, so we do do some stuff to make us, but, um, we don't tax high. We don't have a lot of members that are actively doing it. But, so everyone just kind of fends for themselves. Because what I was thinking is like, I'm not sure what missions you can do in fountain, NPCs fountain, uh, NPC fountain, but like, that's another thing that in it did in the past is we lived in curse and everyone was just financing their shit with mission running and it is quite nice for a mid-sized alliance yeah um, it's to have everyone in one system when we were out in syndicate we had some people doing that yeah and then the greatest money in syndicate lp but still yeah i mean um at the moment i believe the sancha ones are probably quite good for the um what's it called sheet slaves uh, nirvanas um, but also Curse has uh, the remote rep thingies now. And someone says, lol, Tano doesn't like this idea. You guys move into NPC Fountain. I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> Dude, we, we, actually, yeah, we actually lived in the same station as our hostiles for a while. That's when we moved into G-O and Curse. We were living with Darkseid. And Darkseid, I was like, they had way more numbers than they have today. Like, there was a solid, sizable fleet. It could form so that was quite uh, an experience imagine yeah imagine living in the same station as your hostiles you can just the dream exactly right. the dream undocking content yeah yeah we're not afraid of that at all like we like i wouldn't say we used to it anymore uh, it's a couple of years ago but uh, yeah, we can handle hostiles close by i think the struggle is always when they're not close by like for example if we wanted to fight you guys now we would always have to cross cloud ring and then bridge from there but then jump bridges might be reft and all that stuff it's like a, it's a headache really right yeah, so the one one yeah. downside about dead code dying is that it's kind of removed close combat. it's uh you know it used to be we could undock and go for a super and it'd be fun and easy and it was right there in dread range we don't have that luxury now i mean technically that's what i said right at the beginning like why why do nc and so on like hit gotg like they were the only bigger group that wasn't 100 percent aligned to one side yes after the whole world war re like faction fortiza whatever it is uh, they kind of aligned towards the imperium but they were neutral to us like we were killing their rockers and supers all the time they were like we weren't the best friends so why would you then attack them and then push them onto the other side and i always questioned that and thought that's that's just not a not a good thing right 
and now like what else what what do they have now like they killed they killed the content of the NFL like yeah for I mean for us uh, uh, we were happy to see it happen because the the botting in fade was absolutely out of control um and that was the problem is that especially after Drakari's joined um and having um Gemini Whale and Drakari's throughout fade and lower deck there you couldn't go into a system and catch anything anymore. It was 100% bots. And uh, it, it kind of made things boring for us. So it, in that way, we were kind of glad to see them go because now not all the bots are gone. I mean, Drakari still has quite a little botting empire going in the C4C pocket. But other than that, at least the bots have been cleared out. So you know when you see somebody, they're not going to insta-work. You know, the thing is, uh, probably some people, I, th- I think on Reddit, there was like memes and shit for... Uh goons taking on those bots from whatever in the imperium we kind of police those right so if there's um like botting going on people get kicked all the time right and i would just i don't i don't don't want to i'm never in delve really so i don't know 100 percent. but i would just say like if we know someone's botting that dude is gone or that corp is gone right because it's usually a corp issue not a not a singular dude. Yeah, and I will give um, Sword Dragon some credit there. Is that you know if I if I pointed out a botting corporation to him, they were usually gone pretty quick. Um, so they did get dealt with. But uh, I still, we've talked about it on our comms a few times, and I would love to see um, the concept of negative ADMs. Um, so I would love when a bot is identified. If you know any rats they that bot character has killed, if they were subtracted from the ADMs, and if the ADM goes negative, the iHub explodes. Um, I think that would be a an interesting way to make the game more interesting and deal with botting. You know what? It has come up. I don't even know. This is episode what twenty four. Probably came up twenty four times. <laughs> oh, I'd imagine. So. What yeah. if? But what if you delay the local by just 20 seconds? Those bots will be doomed, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, you know, Blackout was our favorite time in EVE. We were so sad. Like, I know there was a lot of uh, Reddit propaganda about Blackout is bad for small groups and, and people trying to make that claim. Blackout was amazing for us. Blackout was by far the best time in the history of EVE, as far as I'm concerned. We had so much. Ah, uh, so... I mean, we've been talking about Blackout before here too, obviously. And in my opinion, it was, I mean, it wasn't the right time for it. If Eve had 10 times more players, I'd go all Blackout, uh, Blackout all day. But I believe, especially from our perspective, I was hunting the entire map, uh, which I still do, obviously. Right? So I know all the places to a degree. So, and I could just tell everything was... Get, everything, everything was dying out there was like places that were still busy to a degree and i guess you were still in a place where you could find but a lot of st- space wasn't just dead plain dead so i'm i'm a hunter too right i don't i don't care about whatsoever so i don't have an interest i never sat in a rock on myself but i believe um it did damage because there was just less people in way less people in space. There was almost nothing in space in a lot of regions, and those outsider um, regions, right, they all pushed under the umbrella now. 
Like they're all under Panfam, um, Legacy or Imperium umbrellas. There's nobody outside there anymore. So you, um, I think, you know, I'm not a fan of the full local, obviously, but I think full blackout was not a good thing for that I, particular reason. I've definitely heard that argument. Um, and I think there's a lot of validity in it. Um, but again, I, you know, I don't want the game to die because then obviously I lose my, my play style. Um, so I, I get that argument. I think there's a happy medium we could find. I think just removing blackout completely uh, was the wrong way to go. Um, you know, region-wide blackouts, modules that prevent blackout from happening in systems, iHub upgrades that give you delayed local. So, you know, there's no local by default in Null, but there's an iHub upgrade that'll give you a local after 30 seconds would be a great way to do it. So low ADM, no iHub systems would be blacked out. Couldn't put eyes in them. And then the systems you rat in, you install it and get that notification. I think there's lots of ways that it could be handled that would be better than it is now and better than Blackout was for people who are, you know, afraid of Blackout. I 100% agree. So when they first announced Blackout and stuff, I was hoping that so they said it's temporary they, they said it right at start actually people say like oh yeah they reversed it because they got scared like no they said right at start that it's temporary right or they communicated it i forgot how they exactly said it but i was hoping like if if it's an experiment if you're running a study like do something with it you know what i mean don't just say like uh, oh yeah we do uh, we do this and then go back but say, okay, we've got the info we need. This is the middle ground, boom. And then 20 second delay or a, or the, you know, there was talks about like an observatory thing or whatever, right? That yep. could be a content generator for smaller groups. If you don't put a damage cap on it and, um, you know, or maybe you, uh, that there's no timer, right? That's for smaller yep. groups. That's perfect to, to, to just hit and harass them a little bit make people undock and fight for it and stuff like this so there's yep. a ton of potential right there for content yeah even make it a flex structure and give it the you know the same timer that Ansiplex is in Sinobi. although uh if anybody's listening that can make the change please get rid of 30 minute final timers on flex structures they should be 15 minutes they're too easy to troll and force people to repair for to sit for 30 i think flex structures need to go back to a 30 minute or a 15 minute structure timer yeah, I mean, I agree, maybe. I'm not too sure about it. I'm not sure how, how much of a problem that is. But there's a, I mean, so we talked about soft. We talked about local. And now we're talking about citadels. What do you think are the top, the maybe the top three issues in the game? Because I think that's a good top three list already. It is a good top three list. Um... I think the, um, I, I still think, and I mean, I mean, we, we camp Ansiblexes and we shoot a lot of Ansiblex and I still think this, um, I still don't like moving Ansiblexes outside of structure range. Um, oh, you don't like them outside of structure I, range? I don't. I think they made the wrong fix. Um, I think the change should have been that Keepstar Doomsdays only apply to capital ships. That's um, one of the changes, that's for sure, yeah. That's, that was the big problem with Ansiblex, is, I mean, a structure itself, yeah, okay, it, it can hurt a ship, but most structures are anti-cap fitted anyways. You know, ping it once so it can't be refit for 15 minutes and then go have your fun shooting shit on the Ansiblex. 
and they're not going to hurt your subcaps anyways. Um, I think the Keepstar Doomsday was the only big problem, and it just should not apply to subcaps. Well, one thing I always pushed for, and maybe a little bit too much almost, is that Citadels shouldn't have any defenses unless they're being attacked. So then the Anzublex or the Sinogemma could be wherever you want. Like it doesn't matter as as long uh, as long as the Citadel itself is not being attacked, they shouldn't have any defenses on anyway. Then you would get station games back, for example. Right? You can warp to a keepstone zero, throw a bubble and get lucky. You can poke the underdog, bump people, you can do all kinds of weird stuff. You can just sit there and poke their ego and make him undock, make him look outside what's up, make him untether. You know, that's what used to be a good tactic for mid-scale, small-scale stuff to actually get yeah. the ball going. Because sometimes a good fight sh- starts with a shuttle that's being tackled. I mean, seriously, it can be that insignificant. And then someone's ego is getting hurt and he undocks in, whatever. Uh, an active fucking Hyperion. Right? And then yeah. stuff escalates. It's It's definitely interesting. We go back and forth on that. We've had this discussion on our comms. I'm sure everyone has, you know, too many times to count this. Um, but I do laugh sometimes because some of the things that happen on structures shouldn't happen. And for example, um, so when Dracarys was moving out of deck and, you know, down towards um, Imperium with all their supers and stuff, um, we caught and killed two of them on one of their Fortisars. We, uh, we dread bombed on their fort to kill two supers. I, you know, we watched the move all day, waited with a Sino, um, came in, dropped some tackle chimeras, grabbed them, and then just dread bombed. And we were on their fort, obviously, for five minutes sieged, and we didn't lose a single dread. We moonwalked the entire fleet out, sieged zero. Well, that's fucking lucky, though. Um, yeah, it, oh, it was, but we were killing ourselves laughing because we killed two, you know, suitcase supercarriers. Uh, with a dread fleet on a structure and then just moonwalked out afterwards. And so sometimes things like that happen on structures that I just look at it and I'm like, why? And, and I mean, in a, in a place where you couldn't shoot a structure unless it was being aggressed, that would be very safe to do that all the time, um, which might make things, you know, a little more fun for killing shit, a little less fun uh, if it's your ship being killed. But uh, even now, there are definitely times when things like that happen where you can just moonwalk off a structure without having any problems. Plus, that 30-second point is uh, is definitely... It makes it really easy to to duck out whenever you feel like it. Yeah, but an infinite point and web and stuff, that would be ridiculous. Like, I don't know who came up with that in the first place. I I think they went too far the other way when they balanced it. I think a minute would have been would have been better. It's very short, uh, but I get it. I completely get why they did it. And yes, when it was, you know, when you could perma tackle somebody, that was definitely an issue. Um, I get why people complained about that because you could just hold them forever, and it doesn't work. I haven't looked up how old your character was, but you have been playing during but before Citadels, right? Yeah, I started in 2011. Yeah, so, I mean, it used to be stations. You undock, you're not tethered. You might just be 10km away from being out of dock range even. There's no defenses whatsoever and so on. So, and that wasn't an issue. You know what I mean? Then people had to sign in above a pass and then warp down. You then get their time and super moved and stuff like this. So it was a harsh world back then. So I believe, like, if you can tether, 
that's already strong even if it takes a couple seconds. I mean, technically, what you should do, right, for everyone who wants to move a super or Titan or whatever, and you're a little afraid and you want to go full-on safety, what you should always do is jump onto the sign and then warp to another spot right away. Right? So after 10 seconds, we're not getting tackled right then and there. You're already in the next spot. But if you get yeah. tackled, even with defenses and there's a dread bomb, those are dead. So it doesn't matter too much for that case, I would say. Right? No, but they should have at least leveled the playing field and taken a couple of dreads at the same time, right? If you got two supers and a Fortizar, you should be able to at least put enough damage that you pop a dread or two. Yeah, but they panic. That's some, sometimes what happens. Yeah. Something yes, happens, you... they don't expect, boom, panic. I, uh... I, one of my favorite things about this game is panic reactions. We we saw a super one day sitting on an Athenor. It had safed up after we jumped into system, and it was just sitting on an Athenor. And so we just warped in a Razu lit a Sino, and I jumped in a Panther and started bumping it. And he instantly went, oh, I'm going to kill this Panther that's bumping me, and launched. And so then we could jump in all the dreads in the world and just kill him quickly. And it was just, if he'd thought about it for you know, detethering with a Sino burning might not be the best idea. Um, but people people don't think that quickly a lot of the time in the game, and it gives you some of the best content in the game. Yeah, I almost I almost lost my Titan once to NC. That's a back in Syndicate when they they jumped in everything they had and tried to bump my Titan off. I had the fucking shakes. I was afraid I would click by accident, like double click and break the the the, the save lock timer. You can just imagine my time was flying a thousand meters per second out of what is a dock range or tether range. And there's a fucking big timer on my screen just saying 30, 29, 28. <laughs> and I'm flying a thousand meters per second, right? So, yeah. um, I mean, I totally get that people that might not be like as experienced or whatever, that they just panic and do like, they just do the wrong thing. And I had to do the right thing in that exact second. Because when I log back in, I was out of tether range, actually. So, you know, that's how close it was. <laughs> oh, so it was two yeah. seconds away from embarrassing to NC dot, obviously, or like kind of arch enemy. Right? Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, that's when I'm in supers and titans. That's still the time when I, I get the most nervous in the game. I, uh, I we when we move from syndicate to fear blind, obviously. Um, moving my titan up or like my hell i got my hell out of delve and so moving my hell from delve up to pure blind um those were definitely jumping without citadels without any safety nets um those were the times when i was the most freaked out about move ops yeah as you should be right there have been plenty of move ops that uh that, that went sideways i mean we have lost a move up before not an entire move up, but uh, like like smaller. Like I, f I remember one US time zone move up when we lost. I don't even know how many, probably around a hundred bill or something. Just moving like carriers, suitcase carriers through a gate and then get dread bombed. Someone just yeah. got lazy and said like, ah, oh, fuck it, right? And then you die. <laughs> That's what happens sometimes. I'll uh, I'll take the platform to make fun of a guy in my corp. We were moving a couple of supers um, across the universe, and he's like, "Yeah, I want to move my super. Can I buy a super?" And so we, I had asset safetyed some out and sold him one, and got his he got his character into it. And we go to start lighting sinos, and we're moving from Conid to um, Fade, basically. And so it's a long route, and I light the first sino, and he can't. 
And we're like, what the hell? And he's sitting there in space. Can't jump out of system. We're like, why can't you jump? He had JD. He tried to move a super with JDC3. So oh. I just, just want to give a shout out to him for doing something that stupid. That's the kind of stories that become a meme inside alliances. Oh, without a doubt. We, uh, we bug him about it all the time. It's like with us, we have like one of our FCs, PSE. So whenever he loses a Titan, or not, not a Titan, but whenever he loses anything, really, you know, everyone asks, like, is it PSE fit? I mean, is it travel fit? Because he lost a, uh, what was it actually? I forgot what it was, but he lost something big, which just travel fit, I think twice. Oh. So always check your fit when you're dark and, you know, have JDC5, obviously. Always good. Yeah, but... So in general, like, what do you think, like, in the last year or so, like, how did the, the mid-scale, like, meta kind of develop? Um, like, Super Titans, uh, you know, all that stuff, like, well, not in the last year, I think that has been going on for a long time now, ever since yeah. it's really. Um, I don't know, I think it's interesting, you know, some of the things have, have heard of. Uh, again, a lot of the things that uh, that you know Reddit argues are good for for mid-sized groups. What they really mean is they're good for five-man nano gangs, um, and it, that's probably my biggest pet peeve is that those like five-man elite nano gangs are what's classified as mid-sized groups now instead of groups like mine. Um, the siren nerf that hurt. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of that. You you're yeah, not but- a fan of that. Not at all. I'm surprised. I'm so surprised. I thought we would agree on all this thing. Yeah. No, that was an awful, awful change. Um, Why? Because, again, we like our capitals. So we'll, you know, we'll respond by dropping three carriers on a Roman. Um, and, you know, just three carriers. We don't drop faxes most of the time. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll go out and drop a nano nid, for example. And, uh, but you've got AB sirens now. They should be fine. They're so slow. They can't catch anything anymore. Um, Depends on the, the carrier. Speed. It does. It does. But they're just, the, the speed nerf is just too much that half the time we don't even load them anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think the siren change was, was bad. I mean, I get why it happened. I get that, you know, people were tired of being caught by... Um, by ships moving fast but i think one of the problems is is that you get a lot of um reddit theory crafting um like what happened with the zanitra you know the the theory crafting applied to a single zanitra that was blinged out in the proper wormhole with max skills with all the drugs in you know what is probably the rarest of use cases for that ship um and it got a nerf to the fact that it's it's no longer even a viable dreadnought. But wasn't it? Wait a second. Was wasn't it? Situation. Wasn't it back though? I remember making uh, making a fit too and checking it, and it had like seventy eight thousand DPS. Like that. Yeah. After it like must have seven been a bug. And a half minutes of sitting on grid. Um, you show me a fight where Zanitra is going to sit on grid and survive for seven and a half minutes because if one comes in, we're fighting. Wait, that's space. Primary. In wormhole space, sure, um, but I don't think we should balance the game based on wormholes. That I mean, yes, I agree. Uh, maybe they went too far with enough. Um, yeah, I I'm think not there's sure a what the deep ground that needs to be found. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of things there is, right? Yes. But, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a game of uh, not only min maxing and fits, but. Uh, Min maxing and changes so too far one way, too far the other way, and give it five years and they'll find middle ground for it. 
Yeah, so the the Nitra, that's that's what we hear from. Like, actually, we lost the first one ever as a um, like a charity yeah, event thing. Hey, you yep. guys were there too. Um, a lot of people say like they're just too weak. Like they don't even they have to do two siege cycles to our DP as a ref. Which, yep. is, which doesn't which doesn't make sense because the Zenitra is obviously it's the Traglavian dread and Traglavians have a lot of DPS and they spool up and stuff like this. So um, and they can't track anything, no horse. Yeah, Okies, right? Yeah. So yeah. the Zenitra, in most people say like it's a toy ship, it's an overpriced Moros basically because <laughs> the Moros is the shittiest dread. Yeah. yeah, well, we've been laughing because so I have one. I want it on Hypernet and couldn't resell it. So I just um, but I mean, we've been talking about just fitting it out with smart bombs because a lot of people have been toasting our stuff with frigates and just dropping it to smart bomb frigates <laughs> off nodes. If there was capital smart bombs, that know? would be amazing. We actually just talked about that the other day. How awesome capital smart bombs. I'm not sure if that would be so awesome. I mean, just the other day I killed a um, a Panfam, Kiki, and Stukafleet with smart bomb titans. It's oh no, we easy. want sorry. So we want capital smart bombs to work the same way as so many other capital mods, and only apply oh, to signature caps, based. Essentially, so you could essentially see a dread bomb come in, and then just jump in a crap ton of carriers and smart bomb the dread. <laughs> oh, like massive know. damage pipe bombing. Ah, it'd just be a fun meme. Again, we're we're all about the fun and the memes. I love I smart mean, bombs half the reason that we harassed dead co for so long was we just kept asking them for a keep star we said give us a keep star and we'll stop um but nobody ever wants to give us a keep star and so that's probably our biggest meme right now is just we hit people right. and ask them for a keep star just put up your own one it's gonna Come be on. fine I'm sure. yeah yeah of course we'll just go drop a keep star actually you know what if you give me a keep star i'll drop a keep star how's that for a deal <laughs> Hey, if someone gives me a keepstar, I can give you a keepstar, and then you can drop a keepstar. There we go. I actually said uh, when I so I do a charity stream for Extra Life every year, twenty five hours of streaming, and on our last one when we did it in November last year, um, I uh, I made the comment on the stream that if somebody gave us a keepstar, uh, we would go drop it in J one straight off of Darkness's keepstar. And so I guess now my offer has to be that we'll come drop it in, in IGE and drop it straight off your stage in Keepstar. So uh, if somebody gives me a Keepstar, I'll go drop it and found That would be a, ball a ballsy move. <laughs> we would have to kill it, even though I would love to see a Keepstar right there. We can't leave it there, obviously. It'd just make for a fun fight, if nothing else. You know what? We should make we should make uh, the, the Keepstar, like, just put it in Cloud Ring, and then we're just going to... We're just gonna make cloud ring content ring and then just say like it's free for all. We open the jump bridges for everyone and everyone can roam there. And then the keepstar is just like the, the market hub. Just a and free ported keepstar market it's hub. It's a free region. Like we have no use for it anyway, right? Like what's yeah. cloud ring anyway? So just have everyone live there who wants to, and then the keepstar is on the pine cone uh, thingy. There you know. go. I wouldn't I be like against it. that. Yeah. But if someone has a spare keepstar, you know, we can we can talk about it. Perfect. We uh actually Bliss is gonna kill me after this, by the way. But luckily <laughs> Bliss doesn't watch this, so he doesn't know. <laughs> Nobody you tell go. him please. He might not um, even notice. Yeah, I gotta give, actually give in it a lot of credit. Um so I like I said, I do the charity stream every year, which by the way, everybody it's in November. Um that'll be the next time I stream. 
um because i only stream for that once a year 25 hours straight um but it, that's what actually that that's stream tough. is the reason why um so much of what cone does happen so my group like the alliance is amazing they support me fully i have guys that stay up with me for the full 25 hours we just have a 25 hour content party and a few years ago somebody gave me a freighter and i was like you know what i'm just gonna roam this through null sec and see how far i get and so the first year I did all the Syndicate, all the Solitude, all of Iridia through Genesis, and then finally died in high sec because I went suspect in high sec just to see if somebody would kill me. And the next year we got another freighter. We started in Jita and we walked through well over a hundred systems. And uh, we ended up finding a system without a TCU. So we took Sov during the stream and that was kind of how we ended up um, in you know, moving up north and taking space in pure blind. And then uh, last year we did it and uh, we actually had a lot of fun. We had a, in it, uh, Blurkus brought nightmares to fight our Drek fleet. We were, uh, we took Drex through a wormhole and killed a Fortizar on stream and that was anchoring down in, I don't even remember where, um, I think it was some legacy renters. And uh, we came back and Blurkus brought nightmares to fight our, our, um, Drek fleet and it was amazing and then we went to go do our freighter room and so we uh if people to bring whatever they want so we had one dread one carrier and we had an apostle with us and we just set destination destination one dq um and so we roamed you know through fade pure blind cloud ring and just as we were about to come into fountain you guys came and fought us and uh goons brought over a fleet as well and uh, everyone came. We had Horde had been following us for a while, shooting at us. And so we had just this massive blingy kitchen sink fleet and everyone just came in and it made for an awesome stream. But the uh, the coolest part of that was that um, Imperium did hold back from dropping supers and Titans for quite a while. But finally, when the Titans came in, our Apostle Pilot still talks about it. He tanked four DDs and died to the fifth one. <laughs> um, it was absolutely incredible it was like a high for him and uh so we were really we were really impressed you guys gave us a lot of really good fights in the stream and it was a lot of fun yeah well we try and sometimes you know it doesn't always work if you get into fountain though the chances drop quite fast because you know we don't have control over everyone perfectly so suddenly yeah. there's like three guys dropping titans and uh, it's like they might not even be in fleet or anything right they just do whatever they want we uh yeah a short time later as it got later in the stream we had uh, 10 people on and i had five dreads sitting fitted up in iridia a couple of sino falcons and a couple of sabers and so we sent the falcons and sabers out hunting and ended up dropping on a couple of your workles um so we killed two and we were shooting the third when the response fleet finally got in and cleared our five dreads but it was just it was entertaining as all hell <laughs> sounds good but um like, so what do you think, like, FC-wise, what, what is your focus or what do you think is your, uh, like, your strength? I, like, just to talking, like, it's the first time we talk for those on stream, you, they might just, you know, wonder maybe. That's the first time we actually, actually, is it the first time? You sound oddly familiar, but maybe we, did we talk maybe once on, like, talking stations or something? No, I was on once about my charity stream. That was about it. Mm. Um, well. Yeah, but um, yeah, strengths FC. I don't think I have any. Uh, I think the uh, the only reason IFC is because it's my alliance, and people were nice enough to just kind of uh, not 
not stop me when I started. Um, the someone I, has to. Yeah, I uh, I started out FCing um, shortly after I started playing. I started taking out fleets um, about a year into the game. Um, I uh, I started running. You know, I, I joined an industrial alliance. Biggest mistake I ever made in the game. Um, and I would just take out like five man kitchen sink fleets to to have some fun. And I went from there to I did quite a bit of streaming on NPSI fleets. I used to run a, a weekly interceptor roam, uh, and then also FC a bunch of the Redemption Road Sunday fleets. Um, and now I just you know I, I just kind of when I started Cone, uh, we started as a war deck alliance with me and one other guy. Um, and the other guy actually had a huge uh, fascination with pine cones, and that was how we got our our corporation name. And the alliance just kind of came off the corp name when we finally decided to form an alliance so that we could do AT. And uh, you know, people just kept letting me FC. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily the best choice that people have ever made, uh, but it's a choice. Um, but I I think mostly it's just that I'm I'm in it for fun. Um, I get mad sometimes. Um, I'll yell very, very rarely, but I do yell. Um, but I, I think it's just that, um, if anything, I would say my biggest strength is probably the fact that I know that there's a whole lot of really, really awesome people uh, supporting me. Uh, and it's really hard to screw up when you've got that kind of safety net. So like what I was actually also about to say was that just by talking to you, I can I can tell you're like a, more the leadership type, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I run the Alliance, too. Uh, there's a lot of people that say, don't let your Diplos be FCs, and don't let your FCs be Diplos, and I am definitely both, um, you know, to our detriment, probably more often than not, but uh, so be it. Plus, again, we just, we make stupid choices. Like, people are like, why are you doing that? And we're like, oh, why not? And so we'll, you know, we'll go somewhere and see an Ansiblex and RF it. Um, or, you know, drop TCUs across half Aquarius or, you know, deploy somewhere just because we, we war decked a group one time and took out all their high sex structures over the course of a week, just because I didn't like something they said in local, but it was fun. We got to go do some high sick bashing. Um, and so, you know, whatever we can do, that's fun and, and entertains people and, I, I asked when we started RFing stuff, like we had TCU or not TCU and Tosis and timers constantly for about three. And I'm like, all right, like, do we want to keep doing this? And, you know, everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, so every five minutes, our Discord pinged and said, get your Intosis ships. Let's go do this over again. But that that's what I, what I usually keep saying whenever we quick form for something or we just, you know, spontaneously take out, for example, Corgis in chat right now, we took out like, five assault tricks and then just use the filament and you know went out and did some stuff um it's like you always you just have to undock and then s stuff can happen you know if you stay docked nothing's ever gonna happen it's just how it is yep. so like no. just making that step and sometimes it might just be a, a step in the wrong direction you know and you might just get all killed or you know it might just be more work than it's worth but then for next time you know right and then you can go from there. And um, I think that's probably the strength of you guys is the the level of activity that you just go out, do stuff. And, you know, there's always something going on. And um, I would say, like, activity is number one priority in every alliance. 
I don't even care what alliance it is, even if you're just a pure fucking, um, what's it called, uh, industry alliance. I'm not sure if that even exists, but it might be. Even then, activity is key, obviously, right? So you need to go out and do stuff. And then from there, you know, it, like, it grows usually, right? Yeah, like that's, and I, that's kind of, it's funny because we, uh, you know, we started out, like I said, as a war deck group. Um, there were two of us and we ran into a few people. You know, we joined a couple of different alliances back in our early days. We spent some time in Clockwork Pineapple. We spent some time in Rogue Capel. Always very short stints. We joined Quirious, or uh, Affirmative when they were in Quirious, and IFC'd for them um, for the six months or so that we were there. And, uh, you know, every time we walk away from somewhere, we seem to walk away with a few more members in Corp. Well, we left Affirmative, we left with a good number of active pilots. And, um, you know, we set up shop uh, in Syndicate and started fighting the local. Um, the, those locals are now the second biggest group in our alliance. You know, we we fought them for a while. They killed one of our supers. We killed. That's the best friends you made. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, we were blue for so long after that, and then it's like, all right, you know what? Everyone's like, you know, we were getting accused of bat phoning them, but we were living out of the same structure. We were just not in alliance. So we finally just they merged into our alliance, and you know, some people saw us drop a dread bomb in low sec. And uh, they reached out, and now their corp is an alliance. And that's just kind of just how we grow is, you know, corporations reach out, and they're like, you guys are having a lot of fun. Can we join? And, you know, I, I kind of have a cap in my head of the biggest I want us to ever be. Um, but for the most part, we're just like, yeah, come shoot shit with us. It's just fun. But you guys have been growing quite a bit recently. We, uh, we definitely, we added, uh, you know, a few new corps, uh, a few new members to the corps. You know, we took in. We took in a corp that uh, left another pure blind alliance. They were looking for an English speaking group, so they joined us. And we took in, like I said, the one group that came from Low Sec. Um, another group that we've been on and off. They've actually been in us before, and they came back and, and rejoined. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we're sitting at just over 500 members now. Uh, again, like I think right now, I'm looking at our team speak. There's 20 people on there. We usually have 20 people on unless there's a like a Raven fleet. And then we might spike to maybe 35, 40 of us that are real people. 40 is probably the max we can pull. And that's only if it's early enough for our handful of token euros to also log in. Yeah. Um, so the main reason for your growth, uh, is activity though, right? Oh, uh, definitely, or, yeah. or would you like, is there, or do you think there's another like big factor? Like, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, time zone I, or so. I, I've got enough of an ego. I'd like to say it's because I'm charismatic enough, but I know that's not true. Um, <laughs> I think you. So I think it might be one of the reasons. I. Uh, I mean, I like to hope so, but uh, I think mo more than anything, it's just the activity, and it's the stupid activity. Um, people laugh at us all the time. Like one of our main doctrines is Drakes, um, and it's not like we just recently brought them back. We've been running Drakes for the last three, four years. Uh, unironically, we'll take out drakes and ospreys, and we've had people drop blops on our drake fleets because they're like, oh, they're just drakes, and we get to shred, you know, black ops battleships, and we always <laughs> take these massive outnumbered fights in our drake fleet and just kill everything, and, you know, it's it's funny, but our, our three, you know, they're not go-to doctrines, but our three, you know, most common ships are probably Caracal, Drake, and Raven, like, just these missile boats of, of Keldari nature, and 
You know, our other doctrines are things like Drex and Munins and Serbs, but we have the most fun when we're in T1 ship. Um, but so what I wanted to say also was um, when like when you guys when you guys go out and have fun and uh, like do weird stuff, um, you already pointed out it is an advantage almost if you do weird stuff, right? And um, I see that too. Like if you do stuff that nobody else does, you might just fail every now and then by uh, repeating that. For example, like for example, uh, the kickies. Now everyone's flying kickies. But at the time, nobody was doing like mass kicky fleets, really. And then we took them out the first time. We stick to our Stuka game. But at the same time, you could tell people are excited for them. I called for kickies very early on when they just came out and they were just uh, price-wise acceptable, you know, because they had to go down in price first. But I could tell right away people were excited to just fly something else that nobody else has seen before. But when you guys take out the ravens or you take out like weird, uh, like, I don't know, drakes are kind of weird. Still, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, they I think that are. is an advantage in itself that people can get excited about. So you automatically will get like a little bit more numbers. Maybe you get like that extra 10% out of, you know, out of your alliance just flying something else than everyone else. If you would, I think if you guys would just be flying munins all day, that wouldn't be good right yeah no we keep munins and serbs around but they're definitely not something we enjoy taking out um one um i don't do well with prop mods um i think is the easiest way to say i've had people ask me to anchor 100 mn fleets before and i'm like you really don't want that um my piloting ability if that had been a spot on that character card probably would have been a negative 10 out of 10 um I I just don't do well with prop mods. Uh, that's why I like our ravens so much. That's why I like Drake's. <laughs> um, the Caracals aren't cap stable that we run, so we can't keep our prop mods on on those. Um, I like to go slow. I, uh, I I am not fast on the reaction time. Um, so when we get into Munins, it's and, and I'm anchoring Munins. I mean, I can do it, and I do do it. Uh, I don't like prop mods. I don't like moving that quickly. I want to just go nice. I think that's why we like cap so much. Like when I siege a dread, I know I don't have to pilot that dread. That's one less concern for me. <laughs> that's um, the opposite of me, basically. I wanted to move fast. So, you know, it, I, f- I always feel like the faster the fight moves, the fight itself, not necessarily movement speed with immunes and stuff. I mean, that all plays a role. The faster the fight, the more mistakes happen. Right? And mistakes is you know, what makes a fight interesting. Oh, that's that's the exact reason why I always say I hate frigates like a couple of our guys. Um, so we've got, uh, I'm sure many people watching the stream know him, but Sholto Douglas is in our alliance. Uh, probably one of the best solo PvPers in the game. If you ever want to look at an incredible killboard, just look at his. And he'll go out in frigates and he'll do things like, he'll, he'll post that he soloed a Tengu or a Gila or a pair of Ishtars in a frigate. And I'm just like, that's dude that's ridiculous and i'm i sit there and i'm like all right i got my frigate i've landed on grid i'm ready to fight oh shit i already got popped and like i don't even have the reaction time to realize i've come out of warp before i die in a frigate i just i can't do that fast pace you know what in that case i agree when i used to fly solo i never got into the the whole frigate destroyer solo meta like i never got that but I was uh, really into like battleships and stuff because you had time to make decisions still, right? 
On a fleet I scale, that changed that. Yeah. But on a fleet scale, obviously your fleet isn't going to just... I mean, sometimes it does, actually. But usually oh, but yeah. it doesn't just all evaporate in a second, you know? Yeah, especially with boson changes. And now it usually doesn't. Um, but we have, and, you know, speaking of weird doctrines um, and speaking of, you know, not being able to fly what small fast got? ships. Um, so a while ago, um, I was looking, I'm like, all right, I got to get better at flying these small ships. And I have a tendency to buy ships in bulk. So I was looking over and Setonia's got an awesome hookbill fit, uh, dual prop scram web, web hookbill. And I stole the fit and I was like, all right, I'm going to start flying these and losing them. And I know I'm going to lose a lot. So I bought like 150 of them and shipped them out. Yeah, I buy in scale. Uh, I just fitted out 100 ruptures the other day. Um, and just because that's what I like to have in my hangar. Um, but I uh, so I bought like 150 of these hook bills, shipped them out, multi fitted all of them so I could just constantly keep getting back in them. And all of a sudden, one day we needed to respond to some people in toasting some friends saw and we're like, oh, what are we going to burn over? And I'm like, you know what? Let's take hook. And they're like, what? Everyone was like, are you crazy? And I'm like, no, no, I've got all these hook bills here. I'll hand them out. We'll take a couple Titan bridges and we'll burn the last few jumps. It'll be nice and fast. And we were shredding nightmares and scimitars because they had a nightmare fleet that they were trying to you know, defend their toasters with. And we were just warping around, catching straggler nightmares, killing them and warping off. And now it's funny because I'll get on comms and someone will be toasting our space or they'll, you know, there's something and people will just be like, grab hookbills, everybody, let's take hookbills. And we've added Lodgy now to it. And we'd, we'd actually take out hookbills and Kieran's quite often as a quick, fast response fleet. And it's it's the weirdest thing to see, like 20 hookbills undocked from a station and just go to shoot shit. But it's worked out well for us. And it's it's just awesome to hear my alliance now call for those. But wait a second. Are you guys maybe a little bit afraid you become a role-playing alliance. Like all it is, it's Caldari ships, hook belts, caracals, drakes, and, and ravens. I mean, so people seem to think we role-play being trees. Uh, that's one of the most common things in local. Oh man, those guys who are role-playing being trees are back again. Or look, it's the angry little tree people. Um, things like that. So yeah, we kind of, you know, <laughs> we do do a lot of Caldari ships. Maybe we better watch ourselves. I keep... Uh, I keep wanting to bring back uh, APOC navies and, and, and my alliance just groans every time I suggest it. Um, but they're not uh, bad, APOC navies. Uh, they use them briefly. Um, I took a break two summers uh, for a bit. And so they joined Shoot First, and that was what Shoot First was running at the time. Um, and it, they just they had such bad experiences with the ships. They're all like, no, never again. They all have PTSD. Yeah. I uh, whereas I remember them from like you know flying them in 2012, 2013, and it was a lot of fun back then to fly that ship. Yeah, they've got quite some EHP. That's the big, the big advantage of them. I mean, that's what you always look for in a in a bigger fleet doctrine. It's always the DPS application and EHP, right? Yep. Yeah, we've played around with the Badens and Balgorns, but haven't had a lot of use for them. All right. There was something in chat that I wanted to ask, and now. I've I think I missed it. Oh, yeah. Garrick. Garrick Shadowbane. Don't forget to talk about Garrick. That's actually who connected us. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Garrick is, uh, at least in his mind, solely responsible for every fight that happens. And he's a good guy. He's a lot of fun to have around. In his mind? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. 
he'll usually announce in fleet that he's the one in charge of everything even when he's not he's just a fun yeah i actually only talked to garrick once um and i'm not even sure if i can talk about that thinking about it but yeah we were talking about all kinds of things and yeah we were actually we actually um um I think we agreed on a lot of things about Eve that we talked about at the time. And I thought, like, never heard of the guy. But, um, yeah, the small scalers, that's where the content starts, really, right? Smaller scale stuff. Like, that's where you have to look at content creation and Eve. It's not the big blobs only. It's not always the story that makes it to the, the whatever, like, PC gamer or whatever, right? And yep. no. the daily, the day-to-day content for like solo, small scale, uh, smaller groups, um, that's where the, the changes have to start, really, I believe. And yeah. Yeah, I would love to see CCP take into account more of the like, you know, this size, my size groups of people like us and wrote Capel and Unspoken and, you know, other groups of that nature um and take our insights um you know i think that if you you build for that middle tier um you, you do much better than you know everyone complains about faxes uh, you hear it all the time faxes are the only reason we can take the fights we take like we couldn't fight uh, yeah. initiative if faxes were nerfed into the ground yeah what i always um, like to say though is it's not the fights that are that like where faxes are like presence that are the problem it's the fights that don't take place because of faxes right you know how many groups though cannot take you on because you have you have have a fax Uh, we can almost not take you on sometimes because we don't have the numbers in us terms necessarily to break that one fax so then there might be a timer but we don't even show up because we know you're going to have ravens and effects and then we can break it anyway. So, you know, there might be an FC saying like, ah, it's not worth it and just stays home. So I I mean, I can say that uh, there are several solid counters to ravens and effects um, that people have used uh, that work really effectively. I'm not going to say what they are because I like to use our ravens and faxes. Um, but I mean, even I, uh, I can I can guess, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> sure that uh, you could. Um, but there are a couple of people that have been really effective um, at, you know, for lack of a better word, screwing us when we put ravens and a fax on field. And we've slowly developed counters for a lot of those and tried to, you know, again, Jack, who does our theory crafting is just, you know, he's constantly looking at, OK, this beat us here. How can we fix that? And does a really good job of it. But even um, so, Tom Flood that was running the the Ferox fleet there, you know, the first few runs he took at us um, before we were able to start bubbling them, you know, he'd warp in, they'd volley one Raven and they'd warp back out. And they were doing that really effectively for a couple of runs. If you have the DPS to volley a Raven. Yeah, they did. I mean, they had an 80 man Ferox fleet. So um, it was working fairly well for them. But uh, there are definitely counters. But I mean, yeah, faxes at scale. can become an issue and definitely can prevent the occasional fight. Um, but I mean, again, like again, Ravens are a, a home defense doctrine for us. We don't use them offensively because uh, they just don't work. And I think you know, there, there should be some advantage uh, to the defender. Um, and faxes are definitely a good way to deal with that. 
Yeah, I mean, technically what you're doing with the facts is then forcing them to bring in dreads. Or if they don't want to bring in dreads, then you have your, your facts there. But if they bring dreads, you're fighting on your own Fortizar. So your Fortizar can kill dreads fairly effectively. So you, you know, on paper you still win, I guess. Uh, yeah. No, or you have more yeah. dreads. Yeah, which rarely do we have more dreads. Um, we are a dread-heavy alliance. I will say the number of capital pilots that X up when I call for it, we can usually field as many dreads as Raven, um, which is kind of sad. But, uh, but I mean, like even that fort, um, because we like to use our dreads way too often. Um, and uh, like we've got one guy now who's like, I don't even want to undock my Phoenix because I've got over 100 kill marks, <laughs> so he's swapped to another one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, even that fight there, I think our the guy who was manning our fort during the EC Pater fight. There were only three dreads that were in range of him. Like when you talk about fights on Ansiplexes and stuff, you're so far off the fort. Um, that the most of the dreads are fine, and you know, uh, Bodhi, uh, for a minute, um, that nag one day, I just I want to kill that nag, that's all I want to do. I actually, when we went into that fight for EC Pater, we actually had separate dreads set up, uh, we were gonna bring them in just on his nag to finally kill it. Um, but then you guys dropped way sooner than we expected, so we had to rethink our plan. Um, uh, he he escapes every single time. Uh, he is awesome with that nag. It just flapping our gates and getting out. Um, but uh, you know, dreads that sit back there are also fine. There's there's definitely counters to not fitting on a structure. Uh, I know I saw somebody who commented on one of the fights. They're like, ah, oh, there's there's conifers with their bait Astro House again. And I'll admit, Astro Houses are a great way to uh, to draw fights. But those ones weren't a bait structure for killing caps. They just happened to to be in range for a couple of the caps. Yeah, so in that big fight, I still don't know exactly why our dreads traded so poorly. I'm not sure if you want to even talk about it. Maybe you do have um, an idea. You know but what? We it wasn't the target calling. Right. We talked about it for a second, I know, but... Yeah, um, I heard things broke down after Jay died, because he was the target caller. Um, I don't know how much truth there is to that. I mean, I know on our side, we were confused as, as all hell. Because I think you had double our dread numbers, and not only that, but we had you know two dread fleets. Because you know I think we dropped thirty five ish. Um, yeah, that were I think it fleet. wasn't quite double, but yeah. And we had dread dropped another thirty. Um, and so we our two fleets were split, uh, and so our our dread FC was was screaming um, not only on our comms but also over Discord, and then targets were being relayed um, to the horde dreads. So we should have been at a calling advantage from the get-go and then also a numbers advantage. And, you know, just sometimes it happens um, and works out in your favor. And we were sitting there just in, in a maze that it was happening. We're happy that it happened. I, I loved the uh, the dreads that were piling up. Um, but I think Count Scary, who was FCing it, I think his killboard, he'd killed 93 dreads at the end of that. Um, which was just crazy. And then also our ravens, again, we you know, when you've got 40 ravens sitting there, that's a good chunk of additional damage. Um, so one yeah, advantage we had with the ravens shooting the dreads is that as soon as somebody energized, um, our dreads would swap and the ravens could finish it off. We didn't need to go back. We didn't need to leave dreads behind. The ravens could finish them off quite simply at that point. Yeah, so one of the theories why we didn't trade well there is also like the zealots with the tracking disruption, but... I didn't see that making as much of a difference. I think the dread groups were fairly close to each other, so 
it wouldn't have mattered all that much. But you did have a shit ton of subs there. Oh yeah, that for sure can add yeah. on some extra DPS. So um, yeah, you know, that definitely. might have just been the difference there. Because also we had to disengage, um, basically twice, right? Yeah, the um, Nightmares had to bounce in and out a few times there. So that might have just been the difference there. Maybe it was like a mix of like it probably was. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a mix of like several things that led to the um, to the result it was at the end. Yep, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was so much fun. I uh, and all I'm that glad everyone. Sorry. No, go ahead. What were you gonna and say? all that for an Antiplex that didn't matter to anyone. <laughs> it's like, it's, and it's it's hilarious because even people that showed up, like they reached out and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna come to your timer," and I was like, "Okay, sure, come away." And then they're like, "Wait, we showed up for an Antiplex," and I'm like, "Well, nobody asked me what the timer was." <laughs> they're like, "Why did they ping so hard for an Antiplex?" And I'm like, "I don't know, but let's have fun." Yeah, I didn't know. I don't... That, that's exactly what I asked, right? Like I said earlier, it's like, wait, we call it beta. But this, like, yeah, whatever. Everyone wanted to fight. Everyone got a fight. But like, so that was an antiplex. But what would you think? Like, that's a big discussion at the moment. Is um, like content drivers or um, what do you call it? Actually, conflict drivers. So there's soft. You you said you like the soft system how it is right now, and I always said I like the idea. I think there's you know. There's some stuff that needs to be tweaked, but hey. Uh, then we have like citadels. We talked about that, and then you know even anciplexes sometimes cause a good fight. But what other conflict drivers do you see, or would you like to see? Like, what do you think they could be improved on, or do you think it's all like there's plenty of reasons to fight, and people think- uh, just need to start or stop being pussies and go out and fight. I think that's part of it. There's a lot of people that just don't want to put ships in space or don't want to. Like the other day we we went and we took a filament. Uh, I'm so glad that the filaments came back. Um, you know, we we took out a 15 man filament and we ended up whelping in two jumps. But I think that was like just after the DW tech fight. And we're like, whatever, we don't really care. Let's just go some fun. I think everyone was in a one to two billion ship. Like we just blink fitted everything. And we dropped like, I don't know, 15, 20 bill probably at the end of the day on our filament fleet. Um, and and we whelped in a single jump because we we tackled a ship in staging. I can't even remember who it was, but they they warped in like a hundred dudes in you know before we even landed. Just tell me what exactly they yeah. did, and I can tell you who it was probably. Uh, uh, it was exactly mostly Cinnables. Um, Cinnables. Yeah, there were a lot of Cinnables on grid, Cinnables and Loki. Um, it was somewhere down south. I can't remember which group it was, but they were fast. Um, but it was, uh, I think filaments are a great thing. I, I, we definitely, you know, one of the things we like is that, uh, content comes to us. We don't have to go find. And for a lot of groups that are like, oh, there's nothing to do. I think, uh, you know, people in Vale and Tribute have seen this a lot, but go take a couple of systems. Um, Sov has actually been a huge content creator for us having it. Um, we always have people coming up to our space now, and uh, it's it's great fun. You know, we the other day we went out and we were roaming, and we're like, oh, why did we do this? Like, we're, you know, they're like, oh, there's a fleet in staging right now. We're like, oh, we're 100 jumps away, and now we got to try and get back. Um, so taking a few systems, I think, is a great way um, to have content drivers. I think one of the big ones 
um, at least for us as Athenors, we go out and, you know, a lot of our ISK is made um, moon mining for our members. They go out and mine moons. And so we're always looking for our 64s and high end our 32s that we can take and shoot. And basically, if you're in range of us and you have a good moon, and we're going to come shoot it. Um, so we always get fights off those. Um, but beyond that, I think it's just about putting ships in space. And a lot of the time we'll do that with, you know, you see people who go out and they're like, oh, I you know, they're buying Vargas and they're buying Macarials and they're like, oh, it's too expensive to go roam these. And, and, you know, they don't do it that often. Um, but, you know, go and grab some Drakes, go and grab some Caracals. We do Moas and Ospreys sometimes, shield blaster Moas that we just get at zero and, uh, shoot people with, um, you know, grab a grab a small fleet and go have some fun. And you know, we try not to do stupid things like you know, drop the world on people. We do. Um, you know, we're just as guilty of it. People want to play with their big, uh, but a lot of the time, like we'll throw a, a single Hodred in against a fleet that has Lodgy and just sit there and fight it for a bit. And uh, yeah, but I guess if you're looking for content, come to our staging and we'll fight. Yeah, but I mean, kill uh, me. Hey, what? My guys are going to kill me for saying if you're looking for content, come to our stage. <laughs> well, I doubt that. I mean, they they must know that's how the uh, how it works, right? Uh, we, yeah, and we are. I mean, people do. They come to focus all the time because we should talk. Um, we're pretty bad at shit talking in local. Uh, and it's not like people are like, oh my god, you're so salty. And it's not that we're salty. It's that it entertains us to, to no end. Um, we just enjoy shit talking. It doesn't even mean, care it matter if we're making it up. Um, so please, if anybody does come out, don't take offense if we shit talk you because we will, even if we I lose. always say there's shit talk and there's shit talk. Right? If someone's good at it and it's fun, do it. Right? I always tell my fleets, right? feel free yeah. to shit talk if it's fun and it's entertaining for people. I, I don't have any issue with it, but then sometimes people are going that little bit too far, you know, and it gets personal and ugh. It's get, yeah, it gets cringy. That's what you want to avoid, right? I've not seen you guys go there, though. Right? I, so far, uh, it has been friendly banter, basically. I think we've gone there twice uh, that oh, I really? can think of. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Go a little over. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we try to just keep it fun and entertaining for us. And I know it angers other people, but uh, it's really fun for me because I'll end up you know, talking to like Diplos for a group afterwards on Discord. And we'll just be shooting this shit on Discord. And they're like, you're such an asshole and local. I really thought you were going to be more of an asshole here. And I'm like, no, man, that's local. Anything that you hear from me in local, take with a grain of salt, because I, to me, local is just trash. It's where trash goes. I sometimes do that, too. Right? I sometimes my local personality is something It's probably different. If someone yep. just I just put in some shit and just click hit enter. I don't care. Right? <laughs> it's like, bring it on. Sometimes the funniest stuff happens out of that. Right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're approaching the two hour mark, which is usually what I aim for. Uh, if anyone in chat has any questions, bring it up or any like stories you want him to tell, because I think there's a couple of pine cones here. Um, then, but other than that, I, what I have on the list too is um, obviously the frigate escape bay. I'm not sure if you've got any idea about it, but what I wanted to ask is, What's in the Ravens? Right? <laughs> What's in the you Ravens? You know what? Nothing yet. And that has been the most popular target, their target <laughs> conversation for the last month. 
do we put griffins in do we put oh no please no griffins do we put mollusks in we've been toying with that idea we don't have an answer yet uh but i can tell you that we have invested dozens of hours into discussing what what we should put in the ravens you know what if i can uh, give you a suggestion yeah let people put in whatever they want to put in it's that is always fun. you know what's going to happen though is everyone's going to put in like cargo expanded atrons to loot the field that's what's <laughs> going to happen no that's not what that's going to be that there's going to be the one guy maybe two guys but out of like out of 10 ravens there's going to be maybe one or two but then eight guys have like a unique take on it one guy is in a, in a damp mollus another guy might bring a tackler another guy might bring uh whatever right like a griffin please don't bring griffins Please. Right, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> uh, that's another thing we fit up on mass. They're great for node wars. But yeah, no, uh, we're still debating it. I, I kind of like the idea of Logi frigates, but uh, just because, you know, one of the places where we, you know, uh, we did in that fight, especially in, in EC Pater, we saw the weakness of uh, that many people in that many fleets shooting at us. Um, we definitely had to swap targets a lot with the faxes. And so even. Even a few Logi frigates as Ravens were dying to help and try and keep shit up a little bit. Um, would have been nice to take at least a little bit. But uh, yeah, we're still discussing it. We don't know. Uh, in chats, when I meet Darius first time, or when I met Darius the first time in-game, we tried to fight for 10 minutes, then joined up to ransom a moon and stole a tower. Good times. <laughs> uh, That's uh... how you make friends. I, yeah, you know, done a lot of, uh, made a lot of friends that way, had a lot of fun with people that way. I, Eve is great. I love the Eve community. Um, I love the members of Eve. You know, everyone who plays this game is, is for the most part, not an asshole. Uh, most of the time I, uh, so I just, I love hanging out with people and playing this game. I still think that as Terra's are a solid pot saving ship, if you're trying to get your pot on I would agree, actually. That's, I think that's Asteros... actually a really good one. I like that idea. They are wrong really strong. You can probe with them easy peasy. Like you, If you're trapped in a wormhole, might just happen. Boom, you've got an Astero. Uh, they're fast. They're quite tanky. They have some DPS with drones. They have a good slot layout. They're not too expensive. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. Astero's no, might I... be a good all-around choice. I like that one. That's a, that's a good suggestion. Tristan for Drone Swarm? Yeah. If you want to go cheap, yeah. But other than that, Asteros get it done too. Tristans are already our Entosis ship. Maybe we'll all just put Entosis Tristans, and when a raven dies, they can warp off and toast them. <laughs> so nobody wants to kill your ravens because you then entose their space. Exactly. All right. And then what else? So I have the loyalty to Losek on my list, actually. It's quite sexy with the 2 AU warp speed for bigger ships. That yeah. might not... But you're not doing much in low sec anyway, right? No, I mean we we drop people in low sec. Uh, there's some some space that's in range of us, and you know, again, we'll you know sometimes we'll dive through wormholes and just wherever we come out, we come out. So we do shoot stuff in low sec from time to time when we're out goofing off. But I think it's a good change. Um, to me, the problem, I you know, I I started PvPing as a low sec pirate. That's where I spent a lot of my time originally and even. Uh, to me, all they need to do to fix low sec is uh, get rid of gate guns. That's it. Let's let's get rid of gate guns. One thing though that we talked about before. So you talked about if you have a good moon, um, you might come and ref it. What if in low sec moons were passive? 
What would you think about that? Like mining was passive. So again, I think that uh, that active moon mining, uh, much like Fazisov, is just something that has greatly benefited uh, alliances of my size. Um, you know, before active moon mining, we had no good moons. That was like you know the syndicate. You know, when before active moon mining happened, before Athenors came out. Uh, I think PL still held a lot of the boons over there. Um, NC, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that's just, to me, active moon mining is is good for the game. Um, you know, Athenors can't really kill shit. They're, they're kind of useless, um, which means that you can take a roaming gang onto an Athenor, and as long as you've got basic logi, uh, you can take a fight there, no problem. I mean, we've lost stacks of Rorquals, Um We've killed a bunch of work bulls as well. Um, and I think active moon mining was probably one of the best changes for the game. Um, I know a lot of people who depended on passive moon mining for so long as income would disagree. But I uh, I would never want to see it go back to passive. I think active is the way to go. Yeah, so I agree 100% on null sake. Right? On low sake, though, I'm not 100% sure if uh, active is that great. Because I know there has been shit ton of good fights about uh, like passive moons before that i don't see happen for uh active moons really but i think um, it's, no, i'm not sure to be quite honest i think that's more about timers around citadels than anything else um the structures yeah, yeah I mean, structure rates are hard um you know keep in mind we've lived um for the last year and a half we're a almost entirely ustz group we've got two well we had one australian we now have just got a second I don't know, maybe 10, 12 euros at most if they all show up in the same day. Um, we're we're basically just a USTZ group. And we've been living next to Darkness and Ranger Regiment and Drakaris for the last 18 months. Um, so we've been alarm clocking timers nonstop to get some of the moons that we have now. And, uh, you know, I think one of the problems is that uh, a lot of people just don't want to alarm clock, especially in low sick groups. I, I think there's a a different level of of commitment. Low, low sick, we we're basically we live like a low sick group a lot of the time. The low sick groups have more fun than null sick groups do, I think, um, and don't necessarily do things like alarm clocking for off. Uh, and we've had to start doing that out here just because of the time zone of the people we're fighting against, um, or that we were fighting against. And so I think that. Uh, you know, that's probably one of the biggest problems in Losec is just the timers the moons are set for. Um, I think if they were so, all in the right time zone, it'd be better. But what about, like, if there was one timer less, right? So you ref it, and then there's that one timer. Would you agree that would be a good change? I, I don't think, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I I mean, it'd be interesting. There'd be a lot more Atheners dying. I think there'd be a lot more fighting um, but I don't know if it's necessary. Uh, instead, I think what they need to do is just get rid of time zone tanking. I think so a strong timer in between. Um, not even a strong timer. I think that the ability to set your reinforced timer on structures should go away completely, and it should be based 100% on alliance activity. When your alliance is most active, that's yeah. when your timers are. So, um, yeah, I agree. I would like that. So you can't set a different time zone that's not even yours, right? At the yeah. same time, uh, I do see things getting exploited, though, right? And then people create several alliances for different time zones, and then whatever 
uh, time zone I want their structures in, that's the alliance that holds it, right? Yeah, oh, that's so. the problem, right? Gaming the system is difficult. Um, you know, they tried to fix that with the whole 30 days to change your time zone, because definitely we've encountered people who, when we start hitting their stuff, they go and, you know, retime all their structures for downtime because it's nowhere near us, um, even though that's not their time zone, just to make it harder for us to hit them. So the 30-day timers help with that. I will say there was one caveat that I don't think was properly accounted for with the 30 days to change your time, and that's the fact that structures are sold and transferred. Um, I do think there should be an auto-transfer of the, the vulnerable time um, when a structure is transferred, but then again, that can be game. Um, I think the problem is that we're all just too keen to game the system. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what makes it even great, but also what makes it difficult. Imagine everyone was playing Eve the way it's meant to be played. You know what I mean? Who, whatever that means. I don't even know yeah, how it's meant to be played. Mean, right? That's yeah, the question. We forgot. I think CCP forgot about how it's meant to be played. Yeah. I mean, I mean it is a sandbox. Yep. And at the same time, though. So, yeah. But at the same time, it's a sandbox. But at the same time, the devs need to uh have a little bit of an idea of what they want want people to do you know what i mean i mean it's like it's not a complete like we're not in an empty kind of sandbox and then we create everything but you know it needs to go in certain directions at least but yeah i mean if it was like how it's meant to be played no spies no stuff like this you know that would be that would be a game changer too but that would make things interesting yep Alrighty, uh, guys, if you have no other question, I don't see any. What do you think of Count? That's Count Scary. That's your right hand man, I believe. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of. Uh, I might have even mentioned this already, but one of uh, one, the guy who makes our videos was asking me the other day, how long have you and Count flown together? Because when the two of you are calling at the same time, he's like, it's like you're dancing. Like, you just you, you're so intuitive at calling together, and I mean, Count and I have known each other since before I started Pinecone Squad because I was in easily excited with him very briefly before I formed Cone. And uh, you know, Count is awesome. He's uh, we definitely couldn't do the alliance um, if there wasn't somebody else that dedicated um, helping run things and keep it moving forward. Um, and so I, I can't say enough good things about Count, which I'm sure will bite me in the ass later, but uh, I'll be polite for the show. <laughs> I know exactly like um, what it is. Like, you, like It's always great to have that one or two. I've got a whole team like over the years, like they've got more and more people got together and you know, they're helping me out with all kinds of shit. It's great to have like a couple of reliable people um, that just you know, just a good team, like good teamwork. It's just oh, great. Definitely. Makes it way more yeah. fun. Like especially yeah. if you if you get a good win, like it's not only for you yourself, but you like there's another level for the team. You know, it's great. Yeah, count as a spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know one of the things I like. One of the reasons why I don't want us to get too big is just, um, is that we are. We're very much a family. Like I have, you know, two of our guys just had kids recently. Um, so, you know, a bunch of us shipped gifts to them and um, you know, we you know, we're all sort of banding together for other games when we're not playing Eve. We just we're always hanging out together. It's uh we have a cool support system basically just in in the friendship that we've built up in in UFC, which is really cool that I don't think we'd have uh at least not to the same level if we were in a bigger block. 
and uh, lets us do a lot of really cool things. We've got a couple of guys who, you know, do all of the moon scanning for us, find us the moons that we want to go after. We've got one guy who does, I'd say, 90% of our indie. Uh, he keeps us running. He keeps our market running. It's amazing. Every lens has one of those. Right. One of those men. Um, <laughs> I, I will. I want to give a shout out if anybody's seen our recent videos, um, our recruitment video with the uh, brisk comment uh, or the DW tech video. Uh, Sandy Frere makes those for us. Um, Someone link buys it. footage. Um, yeah. If anybody's got that to link this watching, link them. Um, he buys footage. So if you ever fight us and have video footage, um, reach out to him and your video footage will probably get included in our That's next video. That's a cool video system. He's amazing. You know what? I thought about setting something up or like, like I know we have got some people that are making really cool videos. For example, I knew of one guy with uh, Antica Hyperion who does like little, like, uh, what do you call them? Like cinematics and stuff. He, that's, his yep. that's who I hired for the first rage campaign actually to make a video. I had to tell him what's actually happening. So it was a little bit of a risk factor. But like he made a video of like Raven sitting a keep star and stuff like this, um, you know, for the hype when we first jump in to get the hype going, and uh, that also made me think. Uh, I always wanted to make a team or like a, a sick almost that if people want to help and make cool videos and shit, so you have different camera angles because usually what the, the problem for like a guy like that is, he's already in fleet, like hard enough to get good footage while you're also being useful in the fleet then maybe they take the step away and say okay i'm not in the fleet necessarily i'm just taking the footage because it's for the greater good which i totally agree with right if you want to make a cool video instead you can you can probably also say like that one raven less in fleet it's probably not the big deal and yeah, no but that's then, true but then the next problem would be to get a good like you you would want like a uh, a little bit of an overview of the situation you want the comms um, in the footage most likely then you want maybe some good cinematic shots and stuff like this so getting all that done of the same fight it's not easy it's very hard so the idea would be to have like several people and then divide it into jobs like one guy is the cinematic guy another guy is the like overview kind of guy like so he has like a, a good like view of the entire battlefield and then maybe another guy is like i don't know special dude one two three who's doing whatever shots people want to yeah. see so and no, i that's, thought that's uh, a cool idea have you watched the uh I, I don't know who the guy from panfam is that did the video but have you seen the ec pater video that he put out the um no. he's got some really awesome cinematics and did an absolutely amazing job um that's a really cool one to watch. Um, I'm sure that somebody's probably linking it somewhere right now. I know it got linked in our Discord about a dozen times, um, but it, it's a really he did an amazing job with cinematics. Whoever it was from Panfam that did that video, it was great. Yeah, there's some really good um, creative people here in the game that are just waiting to do cool video shit. Yep. You know. I actually talked about that with, like years ago, I talked about that with CCP Kako actually, that if you, if it was only possible that you could have like a demo player, right? Like you would have in CS in the back, back in the days, you could play the demo of a game and you'd see the entire game, but you can switch position and you can have every camera angle you can dream of and all that stuff. You can play it back and forth and double the speed and all that stuff, right? 
if yeah. if only that was a thing for Eve. Imagine the amount of good videos that would come out of Eve suddenly. That would it would explode. It would be so awesome. But I think yeah. I think at the time I forgot what exactly she said. But it's technically it's just they would have to lay open so much code and stuff that would just give them such a headache and like would cause so many problems that they can't really do it. Yeah, when you've got but, that many people on a single shared server, that would just be crazy. But it would be absolutely amazing. You know, one of the cool things about Eve is just how absolutely talented the player base is, from the guys who post oil paintings on Reddit to that dude from Signal Cartel, Resorian, is that his name? Who does the, the photos of fights and battles? Like, there's so many talented people playing this game, doing yeah. so many cool things. So I would argue, actually talented yes i think talented people like are in every game to the same degree but i think the guys that are passionate about eve they're like especially passionate about it and because it's such a long-running game like people really want to you know make some really cool shit and put some real effort in there which you wouldn't see for like a league of legend or the like other games just don't have our community right i mean the yeah. Eve community is what makes it so great like everyone just comes together for fun and and we you know we, we fight and hate each other in game but we can get out of game and we can sit down and you know having like you know eve north last year i had so much fun meeting people at eve north it was awesome to get out and hang out with people and those types of things are just it's incredible the the way this community bands together that makes me sad now thinking about fan fest would have been my first fan fest and I would have been flying when, wait a second, would, uh, yeah, in two days I would be on the plane to Iceland. Yeah. But not happening. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying to plan an alliance meetup and a bunch of guys already have tickets for like August and who knows where we'll be at that. Yeah, well, I hope everyone who is listening is uh, safe with their family and uh, not getting too crazy for people. I mean, I'm pretty sure like, Everyone's gonna get through this, so let's just hope we're getting through this uh, pretty, pretty good, right? As good as we can. But yeah, things crazy times. That they are. Yeah, maybe we should just end it right here. Then sure. I would say uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, thanks for the the other pinecorns hanging out. Uh, I appreciate yeah. the good fights, and I know you guys do. Yeah, man. Thanks for the fights and thanks for having me. I've been, uh, I'll admit, bitching a lot lately about not getting to go on any of these. Uh, tw- uh, so I'm glad to finally come on one because uh, I like to talk. Uh, so so I was glad to come on and it talk. It might not be the so last one. Then. <laughs> Thank you. Also, thanks for the host and all that stuff and uh, um, subs and all the good stuff, right? Uh, and I know we got dropped by Bombers Bar. Nova is still in chat in the middle of it. So uh, thanks for watching and um, see you guys uh, all on the next one. And I think I'm just going to host the CCP, the Clear Skies Marathon. Unless anyone has a better suggestion, just put it in chat. Other than that, see you guys around.